Thank you for taking the time to listen to this audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center. Our prayer is that you'll be encouraged and blessed by the anointed Word of God. If you'd like more information about Apostolic Worship Center and its ministries, visit our website at www.awcnorman.com. Us in the post-resurrection scene was that he said to go into all the world and to preach. That means to herald, to trumpet, this great resurrection story. And uh, the, the herald would stand on the street corner and he would lift his voice because he had to get everybody's attention. And those passing by, he would announce some message from the king. So on this Sunday morning, I'm, I'm God's herald, God's preacher. If I lift my voice, it's not because I'm angry at you. It's because I just want you to hear. If I sound a little excited, it's just because I got a great message. Jesus is risen. He's come from the tomb. If I wave hands a little bit or kind of punch the air, it's not because I'm in a battle. It's because I feel an urgency about the moment that we stand in right now, that we are at the precipice of a great thing God's doing in our lives. Join us in the 19th chapter of the book of John. We'll also read from Matthew chapter 27, but John chapter 19. We're going to join the story at verse number 25 of John chapter 19. Jesus is hanging on the cross. He's in the midst and the throes of this struggle, the battle, uh, pain. He's dealing with all of the noise, the voices. And scripture says there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother, get the picture now, he's on the cross nails in his hand, crown of thorns, and his mother grabs his attention and just, he is riveted by her. He saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved and saith unto his mother, woman, behold thy son. Then he saith to the disciple, behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her into his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, he says, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. Matthew chapter 27, verse number 45. Matthew continues this story, this scene of Christ at Calvary, hung here suspended upon the cross. It's now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over the land unto the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? We've been kind of in a series the last two or three Sunday mornings, and I continue that here today. Door at Calvary. The door at Calvary. Would you ask the Lord to help us now, Jesus? We're thankful, Lord, for your hand and your touch. And 
I'm asking you, Lord, in the next little while that you'll enable us, God, to break the bread of life. I'm asking you, O Lord, that you would strengthen us now. I'm asking you, dear God, that you would help us, God, in this delivery and in our reception of your word. Let your word do its great work on this Sunday. In Jesus' precious name we pray, and can we lift our voices to him one more time and make a joyful sound of praise, an expression of adoration. Glory unto the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord. I praise you, God. I magnify you. You may be seated. God bless you. The prophet Isaiah prophesied in the 53rd chapter of the book of Isaiah that Christ would be numbered with the transgressors, simply meaning that at his place of death there would also be others that would die with him and they would die justly for the crimes they had committed for they were indeed transgressors. John makes it clear that when he writes concerning this moment of Christ upon the cross and at this scene numbered with these transgressors that he was not just with the transgressors but he says in John chapter 19 verse number 18 that where they crucified him and two others with him those transgressors either side one and Jesus and I like this and Jesus in the midst not just was he numbered with the transgressors but he was strategically placed in the midst in the middle of them I think it's important that we understand that John was pinpointing not just who he was crucified with but where he was crucified in proximity to the others he was in the midst for indeed Jesus is central to redemption he's at the center of the redemptive story he is the lamb that taketh away the sin of the world Peter will say that we are not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold but we are redeemed by the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb and that without blemish Jesus is central to the redemptive story but I don't believe that John was just pinpointing strategically the location of the cross between two thieves pointing to the fact that he's central in redemption I believe that John was identifying something else about this moment I believe he was telling us that Jesus is central and he is in the middle of all human suffering for you understand that it was required of the high priest in the Old Testament that he was to be compassed with infirmity. In other words, the high priest to properly minister, he had to feel the needs of the people and feel the infirmity of those that he was offering sacrifice for. That's why the writer of the book of Hebrews will tell us that we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmity. So when John says he was in the midst, he was saying he is at the very center 
of human suffering, feeling everything you and I feel, dealing with all of the pain that you and I deal with, dealing with all of the weights, the loads, the injustice, the cruelties, the hate, the pain, everything that you and I deal with, He is at the center of that. And let me just pause today to tell you that John makes note of the fact that it's not just on Calvary that Jesus is in the midst, for He draws two particular events to our attention post-resurrection in John chapter 20. And He says, I want you to know even after Calvary, post-resurrection, Jesus is still in the midst, for He pictures the disciples sitting in that place where they are baffled, confused, and perplexed, not understanding the entire scene that is unfolding before them in the resurrection of the Lord. And Scripture says that Jesus entered in through the room, through locked doors, and that He came and stood in the midst of them. And then John repeats it later at another scene. They're in another room, still baffled and confused and perplexed, and he enters again through the door, and John says he is in the midst of them. I I just think John was trying to let us know that it doesn't matter what place in life you are, what place in history you are, what area of life you may occupy, just mark it down. Jesus is always in the midst of our pain, our hurt, our suffering, our confusion, those things that perplex us and baffle our life. Let's just say it this way, that Jesus is at the intersection of life, where life happens, where life takes place. He is at the very intersection of that life. The prophet Ezekiel gives to us a beautiful picture in the closing chapters of his prophetic book of what might be called the millennial temple. He sees a future scene in which that a temple would be built in which that Christ would serve as king and priest. It's remarkable that in that particular story and prophetic writing that he writes concerning one piece of furniture in that millennial temple, he writes concerning the altar. There is no other piece of furniture that is mentioned in this temple only the altar. In fact, to let us know that it is the main object in this temple, Ezekiel gives to us the dimensions of that altar. And when you look at the dimensions of that altar, that altar is far bigger than the altar that was in Moses' tabernacle in the wilderness. And it is several times bigger than the altar that Solomon built that was in his temple. In fact, this altar is so big that Ezekiel says that it sits at the center of the temple not in the outer court as it did in the tabernacle in the wilderness or in Solomon's temple but in that final millennial temple where Christ reigns as king and priest the the altar sits in the very center of the compound Ezekiel says it like this, it sits in the center because there are gates on either side of that temple, one on the north and the other on the south. 
so that whoever enters in at the north gate, he has to intersect with the altar. And whoever comes in the south gate, he has to intersect with the altar. It is in the center of the journey north and south. I give to you today for your consideration Hebrews 13 and 10. The writer says, we have an altar and that altar is Jesus Christ and he sits at the center the intersection of life so whatever road that you might be on whether it be from the north or whether it be from the south you've always got to run across Jesus you've always got to stop at the altar you've always got to stop at a place of atonement and redemption and forgiveness he will always be at the intersection of your life and I say again as we said last week Jesus indeed is the center of it all he's always been and he always will be everything revolves around Jesus Christ and if he's not the center of your life you ought to make him the center of your life today if he's not at the intersection of your pain and your suffering and your hurt and if he's not at the intersection of your confusion and perplexity you ought to make sure he's at the intersection of everything that's done in your life Jesus just don't ever know which way life is going to turn last week we talked about Jesus in that moment of cruelty and pain and injustice that that he started talking about the kingdom the thief said said remember me when you come into your kingdom and and Jesus just kind of stepped out of the moment and and he started talking about paradise and he started talking about the future and and he showed us how to transcend pain he showed us how to transcend life how to transcend all of the difficulties by focusing in on the kingdom of God but you, you understand that life doesn't ever stay up there at the top life doesn't ever stay we're at the kingdom you can talk about the kingdom you can talk about the future things of God but life doesn't stay there life has vicissitudes does anybody know what vicissitudes are that's, 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 that's roller coasters. That's up and down and up and down and up and down. And uh, is it, can, can I get a witness? Does anybody know about the ups and downs of life? I mean, I mean it's, it's up and it's down. And, and it can happen. It can happen in a moment. Uh, we was coming back from Dallas Thursday, and it was getting along, I don't know, 4 or 5 o'clock, somewhere along in there. And, and I'm in the left-hand lane on 35, and I'm, I'm right at the bumper of a semi passing it. And all of a sudden, a car just comes out of nowhere. I don't know where he came. He just came out of nowhere, came up came in behind that semi and decided he was going to come between the two of us whether we wanted him to or not. And I'm throwing on brakes. I'm jerking to the shoulder. Everything I could do to try to get away from him. And I mean, just a few moments ago, we were laughing and talking and uh, talking about the good things of life. And then just all of a sudden, you, you, you got life that this just kind of happens in a moment. And I, I don't know what he was angry about, but somehow or another, I guess he thought I wasn't supposed to be in that left-hand lane. And then when he got in front of me, he just bore down on the brakes and he just stopped just in front of me just as hard as he could stop and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hit the brakes 
and I'm trying to find the shoulder and I'm trying to get away. I mean, life happens, does it not? I mean, it just comes out of nowhere. And here, here is Christ on the cross and he's talking about the kingdom and he's, he's talking about paradise and he's talking about the future. And then all of a sudden he looks down and he sees his mother standing at the cross and he's brought from the kingdom back down to reality. Here's his family standing at the foot of the cross and while he's talking about mama down there at the foot of the cross he says my God my God why hast thou forsaken me and he no sooner says my God my God why hast thou forsaken me until he says I thirst <laughs> feelings emotions I, I mean you're dealing with family you're dealing with faith you're dealing with feelings and it's all in this process of life all in this process of trying to get where God wants us to be I, I know there's pasture on the other side because he said I am the door and if any man come in by me he'll go out and he'll find pastures I know he's the door I know somewhere on the other side of where I am right now is is a better place but right now I can't talk about the kingdom I got family problems and I got faith problems and I, I, I got feelings and emotions on the inside of me it's those vicissitudes that pull us from one side to the other now if you're not careful in the time of dealing with life you can forget all about why you're on this journey you can forget all about where you're trying to go, what you're trying to get to, where you're trying to reach. And the pastures can become a distant thought and a, a distant concept. And somewhere in all of this, you abandon the whole idea that if I can get through this door and I can get to the other side, there is a better realm. There is a better place. There is a better light. And so if we're not careful, we can lose the goal. Can I tell somebody on this Sunday morning, please, you came in through the door because he promised pasture he didn't tell you it's going to be easy getting there but if you'll just hang on there's going to be the pastures that's going to happen on the other side the metals are going to break out the resurrection's coming the garden's going to happen if I can just hang where I'm at for a little while somebody say I'm hanging I'm hanging Hanging in the midst of all of this, is that not what the writer said in Luke chapter or Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 2, when he said, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was what? Set before him endured the cross despising the shame he said I tell you what while you're dealing with family and you're dealing with faith and you're dealing with feelings he said don't forget there's still a pasture keep your eyes on the goal because somewhere I'm going to get all the way through and life is going to smooth out in the process of all of this that's the reason why he said in John 19 and verse number 30 he utters his next saying he says it is finished it's this moment of resolve he just puts a period on all of it and he says you know what I'm completing I'm not quitting I'm not stopping I'm not throwing in the towel 
I'm not abandoning the journey here. I wish I could preach to somebody on this Sunday morning to tell you, you need to put a period on your life and say, you know what? I'm not quitting. I'm finishing this. I'm not throwing in the towel. I'm going to go all the way. I'm going to see this thing through. God's got something for me. There's something on the other side. There's some things he wants to do. There's some things he wants to accomplish. And when you put a period on life, notice what he does next. His seventh and final saying in Luke chapter 23 and verse number 46, he says, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And he found, now notice where he found it. He finds it on the cross in the midst of injustice, unfairness, cruelty. He finds a place to just rest in the hands of Almighty God. Oh, friend, I want you to know the cross may be a place of torture and it may be a place of pain and it may be a place of tumult, but you can find rest in the arms of God at the cross. Oh, hallelujah. God, I came in. I planned on starting. What's the old song? It goes something like this. I started out and I'm going to finish the race that I've begun. Though rough the road, though steep the climb, I'm going right on. Though there's rivers I cross that seem deep till all hope is gone. Though the clouds hang low and the thunder may roll, I'm pressing on because I started out and I'm going to finish this race that I have begun. And I may be in the middle of life's biggest heart but I'm going to find rest in the arms of the Lord at the cross of Calvary. Somebody clap your hands and just shout to the Lord for a little bit right now. I think he did that because he knew I'm coming out of this. Because if there's a door in, there's always a way out. I said if there's a door in... There's always a way out. Remember, He is the door that we enter in. If I enter in by Him, I'm here to tell you that there is a way out. And whatever it looks like right now, whatever it looked like at Calvary, the devil had not won and hell had not prevailed. I'm telling you, don't judge your victory by how it appears to be right now. Jesus is dead on the cross. And it's darker than a thousand midnights, but the journey is not done the journey is not completed because he's going to come out of all of this and when he comes out he's going to come out with the keys of hell and the grave in his I wish I could proclaim to somebody on this Easter Sunday morning you're going to come out if you went in you're going to come out I said, if you came in the door of Calvary, you're going to come out on the other side. I know it looks dark right now, but you're coming out of where you're at. I know it looks bleak right now, but you're coming out of where you're at. I know it looks like that all pain has filled your life, but you're coming out of where you are right now. You went in, but you're going to come out of all of this. Is that not what Jesus said in John 10 and 9? I am the door. Now follow me. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall what? He's going to be saved. I don't care what it looks like right now. God is going to save us 
God is going to bring us out of all of this and out of this mess and this confusion that we're in right now. He's going to bring us out. So I go in by Him. I'm crucified with Him and I'm buried with Him. But watch, He didn't finish. John 10 and 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. And I like the next phrase, he shall go in. He shall go in, he shall go in, he shall go in, he shall go in. I'm going to go in by him, but I'm coming out of where I'm at. I not only go in with him in baptism, I not only go in with him in my repentance, I not only go in with him in crucifixion, but I'm coming out on the other side because this door in through Calvary, it is has an out for if I go in with him I shall rise to walk in newness of life there's an in at Calvary but there's an out oh hallelujah 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 I think it's time in 2021 we find the out I think it's time now that we find the exit door out of the problems and the troubles of life. I know 2020 was crazy and 2021 don't seem like it's going to get a whole lot better. But I've come to tell you, he's the door in and he's the door out. I said he's the door in and he's the door out. I may have all kinds of vicissitudes. I may have to walk through forgiveness. I may talk about the kingdom. I may have to deal about family and faith and feelings. But I'm putting a period on the end of this. It's finished. I'm resting in the hands of God. And I'm coming out of where I am right now. Because if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature in Christ Jesus. Because there's an out. May I say to you that the resurrection is not a door in, it's a door out. I come in at Calvary, but I come out at the resurrection. I go in at Calvary, and it looks like I'm dead, it looks like I'm defeated, it looks like it's darker than a thousand midnights, but the exit is in the garden. The exit is at the tomb. That's how you come out. For when he rose again from that grave, what he was on the cross in all of the horror that he was in and his body that was racked in pain and scarred and marred when he came out. He came out with a new body out of that tomb because if I go in with him, I shall come out with him. Does anybody remember that prophetic writing of Ezekiel? That altar we talked about it? That altar that's strategically placed at the intersection of north and south of the millennial temple. The writer of the book of Ezekiel, that great prophet he says let me tell you about the power of that intersection because if you intersect Christ, when you cross him at the center of life's adversities and problems. He says it like this in Ezekiel 46 and 9. When the people of the land shall come before the Lord in their solemn feast, he that entereth in by the way of the north gate to worship, he comes in, he intersects the altar, but he shall go out 
by the south gate. He that entered in by the way of the south gate intersects the altar, but he goes forth by the north gate. He shall not return by the way of the gate whereby he came in, but he shall go out against it. In other words, Ezekiel said that whatever door you come in, you intersect Christ, and you're going to go out a different way. You're going to go out a new creature. You're going to go out a new life. You're going to go out with your life all put together, your heart changed and made new. You're going to walk out because on the other side of the pain and suffering is a garden and on the other side of the pain and suffering is a paradise and on the other side of the pain and suffering is the perfect plan and the will and the brightness of Almighty God if I can just get in the door I can get out through the resurrection is anybody ready to step out into a new realm would you stand with me this morning all across this building and would you lift your hands to heaven Would you thank God for a way out right now? Would you thank Him right now for a way out? God came in with you at Calvary, but I'm on my way out. God, I'm going to come out. I'm going to come out a new man. I'm going to come out a new woman. I'm going to come out a new life. I'm going to come out with a new heart. I'm going to come out with new desires. I'm going to come out, God, with new things happening in my life. I'm coming out through the door. God of the resurrection. I'm going, to be, I'm going to rise and all things are going to become new. Hallelujah. Oh, let's praise Him now. Let's praise Him right now. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you now, Lord. I give you praise and worship. Anybody believe he's a way maker now? Way maker, miracle worker. I in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You're here on this Sunday morning. I'm opening this altar here today. You feel the Lord tugging at your heart and at your soul. You've entered in one way and you've intersected that wonderful power of Christ that can change your life, make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. You can go out a brand new life. You can repent of your sins. You can be buried in the precious name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost because you go in by the door, but you come out by Him. I'm opening this altar on this Easter Sunday. If you need to find that He's a way maker in your life, if you need to find that He's a way through, I invite you to come and intersect Him right now all across this building. Would you make your way? God bless you today. You have been listening to an audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center located in Norman, Oklahoma. We are located at 3221 North Porter Avenue, Norman, Oklahoma, 73071. 
Our service times are Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. And we also have various ministries happening on Wednesday night. For more information, visit our website, www.awcnorman.com. You can call us at 405-329-1285 or email us at info at awcnorman.com. We hope that this recording has been a blessing to you.